Welcome to the Centuries of Sound Radio podcast. This episode features Kasia Wozniak and was originally broadcast on Cambridge 105 Radio on the 1st of February 2020. On Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to Centuries of Sound, the show where we use archive audio to travel back to the ancient history of recorded sound. My name is James Errington. I run the website centuriesofsound.com where I make these recordings into mixes. And today I'm joined by... Kasia Wozniak, hello. Hello. And uh, can you tell us something about yourself? Yes. Um, So here at Cambridge 105 Radio, I'm part of the Polish Waves. Um, team and uh, we run a show for Polish community. I also do what you might have missed. I'm originally from Poland and I'm very excited to be here with you. Okay, brilliant. Um, So uh, in this show we go back to various different years. Well, we're starting at the start in uh, 1853 and uh, we've now got to the year 1911. So uh, what's your, without going into it first, what's your initial impressions of what, what did the world sound like in 1911, do you think? Oh, I think um, it sounded very interesting. I think there's quite a lot going on in that year. And I think the music was just in the background of it. So like Titanic and other things. So I think it's um, it's an interesting year that you've picked, actually. OK, good. Well, yeah, we're getting into more interesting times now. Uh, there were kind of uh, difficult days in the 1890s when there wasn't a lot going on. <laughs> but yeah, we do have some interesting things here. And um Let's uh, let's first of all listen to uh, Sophie Tucker. Is that a name that was familiar to you at all? Not before you told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, Sophie Tucker. Um, just to give an introduction to anyone who doesn't know, she's she is quite famous. Um, I, before I started this project, I also didn't really know about Sophie Tucker. I need to confess. thank you for saying this. No, no, I, most, <laughs> I just most don't feel of like these I didn't now. know about at the time. Um, so yeah, she was born Sofia Kalish to a, a Jewish family in the modern okay. Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, Tulchin, in which is these days the Ukraine was at the time uh, part of the Russian Empire, and. Uh, Jewish family, and uh, it wasn't a great time to be Jewish in uh, that part of when the world. When was it, actually? Uh, 1886. <laughs> okay. And uh, okay. so she, she moved to America in 1887. So um, I, I I would call her American, really. <laughs> okay, yes. Because uh, mm. spent less than a year in uh, in, in the Ukraine, in, in Russia. Um, and her parents started a restaurant, and she would sing in the restaurant for tips. And uh, That's a good start, isn't it? I think it yeah. sounds very American, like American dream. You know, you just start yeah. singing for tips and then you become a big star. That seems like the way that they all start it anyway. We'll, we'll kind of have a repetition of that later. But um, yeah, in 1903, she eloped with, uh, at the age of 17 with uh, Lewis Tuck, who drove a beer cart. And their I relationship did. didn't last long, but mm. um, she took the name Tucker from, from the, that guy, her first husband. And um, in 1907, she made her first theatre appearance and... Um, very talented performer but the people producing the show they uh, made sure she put on uh, burnt cork on her face uh, black face as it was called at the time that was a bit strange when I was reading about it now I remember it's a bit of a funny fact isn't it well I think it's a common thing at this time unfortunately there was a the uh, uh, minstrel kind of tradition people wearing that kind of thing it it does seem hideous from a modern point of view, yes, of course. Yes. Um, but they, they said they thought they would tease her for her appearance if she didn't do that um, because uh, they thought she was quite large and unattractive. <laughs> that was their... Uh, they, they used different words to that. 
Um, okay. Hmm. But in 1908, um, she joined a burlesque show and uh, her makeup kit was lost in transit. So she was allowed to go on stage without without the blackface makeup. Well, and, finally. Uh, yeah, introduced herself as, as who she was. Um, and this is her uh, most famous song, uh, her kind of uh, theme song. It's the name of her autobiography. And it's called uh, Some of These Days. happily for quite a while mid simple life of country folk the laddie told the girlie he must go away on her little heart with grief most broke why she said you know i love you honey i love you honey best of all so baby don't go away just as he went to go it grieved the girly soul These words he heard her Miss my kissing 
So that was uh, Sophie Tucker with some of these days. What did you make of that? Oh, that was lovely. I loved it. And when I was listening to it, I was just thinking how, um, you know, what she needed to go through with this black face thing mm-hmm. um, in order to then perform and show what, um, you know, what she actually could do and, and how talented she was. So, yeah, mm. well done. It sounds, uh, I would say, like blues music. A bit, a bit. Because mm. yeah. it's, uh, of course, there's, well, maybe there's blues music going on, but officially blues doesn't start for another decade. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that you've got something that sounds a bit bluesy going on, even this early. Hmm. Um, well, you know, maybe that was just in her head and maybe, you know, she's like, oh, I, but I want it to go this way and didn't really realise that it was that hmm. it would be blues in the future. Well, there's, uh, there's, there's a book called Stomp and Swerve about the beginning of jazz and uh, the, the guy's theory in that book is there's two elements. There's like the stomp of the brass bands and mm-hmm. there's the, the swerve of like uh, blues music that's not really been recorded. So it's it's got swerve to it. Okay. You know, it's got those kind of like slurred and blue notes going on, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound so regimented. I think that's the the main thing oh. you'd say about music before this point is it's it's regimented. It's like mm-hmm. standardised kind of to a, a strict yeah. rhythm, you know. Mm-hmm. Very strict. Um, it doesn't have a soul, but this kind of feels a bit soulful. Okay, let's let's go on to one of the the, well, the biggest hit of the year, and like maybe the one song from this year that's really still remembered, and it's called uh, Alexander's Ragtime Band. Um, yeah, have you heard? I of did song hear before? of them, and uh, there is. The, I think the most interesting fact is that they aren't really a rag. Time band. Um, well, Am I right? The the was there a ragtime band um, mm-hmm. is, is one question, but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it, the the song itself I would say is definitely not a ragtime song. It doesn't have any of the the kind of uh, rhythmic harmonic features that people define as ragtime. It's a Tim Panali song, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's about ragtime. Um, yeah, I think that's it, when when uh, when jazz comes along. There's kind of songs about jazz that aren't jazz. And then later, rock and roll, when rock and roll comes along, comes, there's like yeah. songs about rock and roll that aren't rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind so of I think theme. that's kind of the, the same theme, yeah. Mm. But the writer of this is uh, Irving Berlin. It's one of the huge songwriters of the 20th century who wrote uh, Putting on the Ritz, Cheek to Cheek, White Christmas, uh, Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better, There's No Business Like Show Business, you know, mm-hmm. that guy. That, that guy. But um, interesting fact is that he was also born in the Russian Empire. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think Russian. you get quite talented people, you know, being born there and then they just emigrate to mm. the United States and get, you know, they manage to spring the wings over there. And uh, he, he left around the same time for the same reason as well, another Jewish mm. family. And uh, we have yet another example a bit later of this. Yes. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so this is uh, uh, his first real big hit, uh, Alexander's Ragtime Band. And it's performed by Collins and Harlan, uh, who we've heard lots of on this programme before. Um, let's have a listen to it um, and see if it um, deserves its reputation straight away or not. Oh, my honey. Yeah. 
Oklahoma, honey. Yes. Better hurry and let me and uh, ain't you going? Where you going? Ain't you going? Where you going? To the leader man. Ragged music man. Oh, my honey. What? Oh, my honey. What? Let me take you to Alexander's grandstand. Grass band. Ain't you coming along? Come on and hear. I'd like to hear. Come on and hear. I'd like to hear. Alexander's ragtime band. Come on and hear. Oh, yes, my Come on and hear. Oh, yes, my It's, It's the, the best band in the land. Can you play the bugle call like I never heard before? Why, it's so natural that you want to go to war. That's just the best band one am. Honey lamb, come on along, along. come on along. along, let me take you by the hand. Up to the man, up to that man, who's the leader of the band. And I would like to hear the Swanee River play in right time. Come on and hear, come on and hear, Alexander's ragtime band. Well, oh my honey, well, there's a fiddle with notes that screeches like a chicken, like a chicken, like a chicken, oh you chicken, and a clarinet is a clarinet. Come and listen, sure. Come and listen, sure. To a classical band, what teaches? Come now, somehow. Better hurry along. Come on and hear. I'd like to hear. Come on and hear. I'd like to hear. Alexander's ragtime band. Come on and hear. Oh yes, my dear. Come on and hear. Oh yes, my dear. It's the best band in the land. Can you play the bugle call like I never heard before? Why so natural that you want to go to war? That's just the best in San Juan am. Honey lamb, come on along, come on along, let me take you by the hand. Up to the man, up to the man, up to that man, up to what man, who's the leader of the band. And I would like to hear the Swanee River play in the right time. Come on and hear, come on and hear, I'm going to hear Alexander's right time band. lovely wasn't it yeah it's a classic tune yeah for sure definitely uh, so it was uh alexander's ragtime band performed there by uh collins and harlan but um, later on it was performed by lots of famous people and jazz versions even later on but not ragtime versions because it's not a ragtime song and yeah there, there may have been a real ragtime band called alexander's ragtime band at some point yeah. um all right one more one more big name uh, okay. Before we get on to the slightly more obscure stuff, this is uh, Al Jolson. Um, what, what do you know Al Jolson for, do you think? Um, well, it's another example of a Jewish family escaping uh, yeah. <laughs> to, um, you know, being born in Russian Empire and escaping. Yeah, I didn't um, I didn't plan this to... <laughs> or anything, but it did, it did just seem to kind of fall the... together. <laughs> yeah, is that the la- Well, it's actually, you know, it just, it just shows what the trend uh, back then yeah, uh, was, and um, did he also need to perform in this blackface? Uh, he performed in blackface throughout his career, um, right into the twenties, thirties. That mm. was his kind of trademark thing, even when other people weren't doing it. 
Um, yeah, I'm afraid he did. Yeah. Um, if you, do you know uh, the jazz singer? Um, he he made a film in 1927 called The Jazz Singer, which is the first proper sound film. Well, there were actually lots of sound films before then, but that was the beginning of Hollywood making mm-hmm. making full sound films. And that is all down to him. Um, yeah, Ish, um, yeah, and well, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it's 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 him performing in it and him starring in it. Okay. So I guess that's what he's best remembered for. And um, his his signature songs through the through the twenties. Um, you can't mistake his voice. It's no. A, 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 yeah. Quick question: Is yeah. that do you know if that's available on YouTube? So that people who would like to watch the, it, the jazz can. singer. I think yeah. the whole thing's available. Yeah, I've, okay. uh, yeah, I think I've seen it on there. I think it's out of copyright now. It's okay. 1927. Mm, so maybe, yeah, yeah. It's on the on <laughs> that the was cusp. a century later. Yeah, so Americans do like to extend their copyright mm-hmm. um, almost endlessly. But yeah, I think that's out of copyright now. Okay, um, so you can watch it. Yeah, you know, because uh, Mickey Mouse is like a year after that. So, okay. <laughs> for for that reason, that, there seems to be kind of a sticky point with copyright around then, because they they don't want Mickey Mouse to go out of copyright. Okay. Um, which seems silly. Happy birthday to you! Just came out of copyright. It's been a long legal battle over that, okay. which is a uh, hundred and fifty years old, kind of. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be in copyright in the first place. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's crazy. Anyway, this is this is Al Jolson. You you won't mistake his voice. He's got uh, uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a you you like it or you hate it voice, but you really can't mistake his voice. And this is his uh, first hit single. It's called That Haunting Melody. A melody that's made an awful hit with me. I don't know where I heard it, but I liked it from the start. It seems that I preferred it, cause it got right to my heart. It lingers in my brain I've nearly gone insane Oh, how I love that strain Of melody Where have I heard that melody? It seems so familiar to me. It goes ya 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 It's floating in the air. It's everywhere. I hear it here. I hear it there. Ya 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 I love, I love, I love it so. It follows wherever I go. Where is it from? I cannot help but hug. I'm nearly wild up 
can do without that honking melody. Okay, the very distinctive tones of Al Jolson there with uh, that haunting melody. Very distinctive, but um, I think, do you know what, that that track actually made me travel in time. Yeah? That one, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know why, there was something about it and maybe about the voice and then we had a look at his photo and it kind of felt like, oh, do you know what, okay. that feels like, you know... 1911. I feel like we're kind of between eras mm. for me. We've kind of got the Edwardian stuff that's still lingering and we've got uh, jazz coming up and mm-hmm. it seems kind of pulled between those two eras for me. Uh, yeah, I, I find it hard to get a sense of this particular time mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, it is because it is like in between, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. um, when I was looking at stuff before the show, I was like, well, it's not really, it doesn't have that feel of the 1920s. No, no. But it's yet. not the 1900s anymore. Mm. So it's I agree. A, but yeah. this one was, was nice. I, I As you said, you either like it or you hate it. But I'm more on, on the like okay. <laughs> side. Although as we had a look at the photos of him, his face looks a bit... Well, it's scary or just a bit <laughs> intense. He, he's one in, of the most in intense expression, looking people. Yeah. When, when he's not wearing the blackface makeup, he somehow looks much more intense. Human. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's the it's it's his eyesight, the way he, he looks at stuff. Yeah, he he's holds his eyes wide open mm. and kind of stares at you. And that's the his, smile that's is his quite... his personality, yeah. you know. He's uh, trying to make everything kind of big and, uh, yeah... He's a large character, I think I'd say that. Definitely yeah. a big character in his time. Okay, so let's uh, let's have a look at the year. So 1911, what kind of things are going on in the world? Um, well, there was quite a lot going on. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, you're asking maybe the wrong or the, the, the best person, but 1911 no, <laughs> brought the second um, Nobel Prize to Marie Skłodowska Curie, which is you know oh, she was yeah. Polish, so that is um, that is probably like the biggest thing for for us. Oh, on this, that year. Yeah, so that's her second one. I, that I think, was. Did yeah. she she didn't collect her first one? Uh, she did. It was oh the first one was together with her husband. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And with um, another um, physician, but um, yeah, it was the the second one that was just um, like own. Um, to her if you if you wish and this one was in chemistry in 1911 whereas the one uh, in 1903 that was in physics wow has anyone got one in chemistry and one in physics apart from her surely not no No, amazing no and um, she was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize is the first person and the only woman to win the Nobel Prize twice and she's the only person to win the Nobel Prize in two different scientific fields Wow, amazing. It is. (laughs) And um, there is something called Curie uh, Family Legacy because as a family, they received the most uh, prizes, um, including Nobel uh, Prizes, because her daughter, Irene, Irene, she also received the the Nobel Prize in chemistry um, later on. So, yeah. It's kind of... Pretty big. It feels like... uh, you know, the start of the 20th century in some ways. You think about everything that happened with radiation and the atom later on. 
um, yes, um, all the different things to do with that. It's really yeah, the nuclear age mm-hmm. being kind of born there. Um, yeah. Um, any, anything else that uh, stood out to you from the events of this year? Titanic. Titanic. It was. <laughs> it was. It was launched. Is it that was. Right? Yes. It. Um, it kind of left the, the docks. Um, is that how you say it? Uh, the yeah, the docks. Yeah, yeah. the docks. In the uh, where was that? Where was it built? Was it Belfast? Was it Belfast or Liverpool? I don't remember because there's a maritime museum in Liverpool. They've got a big thing about. So the maybe Titanic it was um, built in Liverpool, but it kind of started the voyage, if you want, from Belfast. Ah, possibly. Yes. Possibly. It was a. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, it's launched from Belfast. No, it must have been finished in Belfast then. Okay. I think the sister ship, the Olympic, was made in Liverpool. Well, there you go. Listeners, if you know, please write in and tell us. <laughs> yes, definitely. Let us know. <laughs> we find out about that. We just rubbish. <laughs> okay. So also, so next year there's going to be the Titanic sailing out. Um, yeah, for to its uh, to its fate. Um, there's a uh, we we. we studied this poem in school by Thomas Hardy and it's uh, the Titanic and the iceberg both being born and fated to meet each other and Mm -hmm. silly humans think that they have a a say in the world but the the two things are going to meet each other. Not there yet, not there yet. Um, Mm. Well, I think we kind of need to understand maybe that, you know, we are on this planet but we just don't own it or don't um, rule it. (laughs) <laughs> in a way that the nature is stronger than us and it's been showing that to yeah. us for many uh, many years um i think um the because i like the photo i just thought i'm going to tell you about this that the new york public library has been open and it's um it's a fantastic um photo that i found cuz um you get like the carriages with horses i think and a tram mm-hmm. And um, I, I just thought it was it was a fantastic contrast with this, you know, new modern at that time building. And in one, uh, like in one uh, part of the photo, you have the tram, and the other one you have the the carriages with the horses. Yeah, so it's that funny nice. time when yeah. you've got both of those going on the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that is that is anyway that just um, yeah attracted my attention. Um, King George. The fifth was crowned at Westminster Abbey. Oh yeah, um, because age, uh, yeah. his uh, uh, King Edward the uh, <laughs> King Edward died the previous year. Yeah, um, yeah. so the end of the Edwardian era and mm. beginning of the Georgian era. I think we kind of still call this the Edwardian era before the First World War starts. Okay, Let's kind of think of that as being the long Edwardian era, even mm. though it was not around anymore. Um, all right, let's uh, let's have a listen to some. Uh, uh, culture. Um, I mean, don't mean high culture. I mean uh, comedy. <laughs> this is a vaudeville routine um, from 1911. Um, Ada Jones, who will be very familiar with people who've listened to all these shows. Yes, <laughs> she seems to appear in every episode because she just recorded so much uh, with Steve Porter here, um, another prolific recording artist. And uh, it's a comedy sketch called The Piano Tuner. Oh, it's a good thing I sent for a piano tuner. Mary? Yes, ma'am? I'm going upstairs. If a man comes with a black bag, let him in. It's the piano tuner. All right, ma'am. 
Oh, that must be the piano tuner now. Walk right in, sir. You can go right to work. Well, this is the place I was told to come to see a sick baby. Ah, no one here to receive me. Well, we doctors certainly have funny things happen. Ah, here comes someone now. Uh, good morning, madam. Oh, I'm so glad you come. You see, it's out of order. Yes, yes, of course. Funny way to talk about a sick baby. Now, I don't want to spend much money on it. You don't? It really isn't worth it. What's that? But then it's better than none at all. Yes, why, why of course it is. This woman certainly is crazy. Uh, did you bring your tools with you? I, I brought my instruments, madam. Uh, well, uh, what will it cost to fix it? Well, uh, to tell the truth, I, I couldn't say offhand. Why don't you have a regular price for fixing them? Oh, no. That depends upon the condition of the little dear. Oh, don't call it a little dear. I hate it. Good heavens, woman, how can you say that? It's been nothing but a bother ever since I've had it. My goodness. It was no good when I got it. What an unnatural mother. I didn't want it in the first place. You didn't want it? No, sometimes I feel like throwing it out. Horrible. It squeaks so. Why, that frequently happens, madam. And the ivories are turning yellow. She wants a dentist, not a doctor. The outside is all right, but the insides are out of order. That's what I suppose. Well... Do what you can with it, only get it into shape as quickly as possible. This woman certainly is insane. Why, just listen to this. Good heavens, she's going to play the piano. And this is the lost chord. I'm sorry she found it. Seated one day at the organ. She means piano. I was weary and ill at ease. I am too. And my fingers wandered. advertised for it. Well, I'll humor her. Great, great, madam, great. Great? Well, I think it's awful. It sounds pretty good to me, but of course, I've no ear for music. Well, and how on earth do you ever get a piano in tune? Why, I send for a piano tuner. What? Why, aren't you a piano tuner? Why, no, I'm a doctor. Oh, <laughs> and I thought you were a piano tuner. <laughs> and I thought you were crazy. <laughs> or a bit of comedy there from uh, Ada Jones and Steve Porter. Not sure how funny it is in 2019, 2020. Well, it's still nice to, to listen to that. And um, is she the artist that it was the first woman to be recorded? She's not the first to be recorded, but she's fairly close. Very she's close. Uh, the first recording, 1893, we've got of her. so mm-hmm. And English originally as well. No, but as a person, like the first woman to be actually recorded as, a, the, as an artist? The first, well, if we go back to uh, 1888, there's uh, Miss Shaw um, mm. whistling. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's something. And there's um, somebody else playing piano. Um, I think... There must be somebody singing in the th- few years before that. Before. They didn't record women singing a lot no. in these days um, because of uh, sexism, I think, more than anything else. <laughs> Basically, I reckon so, yeah. Yeah, they didn't seem to think that uh, that was so important to capture. Um, got a very limited selection of um, 
people making all the decisions in the music business in this time. So what gets recorded is a very narrow window onto the world, unfortunately. Mm. And that won't change until the 20s, really, unfortunately, yeah. as well. On Cambridge 105 Radio. Okay, let's have a listen to uh, a guy called Gene Green. Um, this is uh, interesting. I'll have to tell you why. I'll take a moment. Um, so it's one of those myths of jazz that people hear about a lot is uh, Louis Armstrong. He's uh, recording a song called Heebie Jeebies and his uh, sheet music uh, falls off the stand and he has to improvise a vocal solo without lyrics. And that's uh, the invention of scat singing, apparently, um, which makes this recording from 1911, um, 15 years earlier, kind of interesting um, because uh, as you'll hear he does some scat singing um, let's have a listen there's a guy called Gene Green he doesn't seem to be particularly notable but um, this song is a strangely out of place I just received a cable back from my ancestral home it tells me I'm the great gazoo, successor to the throne. My throne will be a bungalow, way up in the street, where I'll be ruling monarch over all. My slaves will be gorillas, apes, monks and chimpanzees. Will be ever ready at my call. Well, I will be that king gazoo, the ruler high on my bungalow. And when I ride across the mighty Nile on that royal crocodile, when on the throne I'll take my stand, then I'll be a mighty man. I'll be that Zuku, Muku grand, and the king of the bungalow. My chariot will be of gold with a zebra for my feet. My tandem will be lion gold way up in the lead. The streets all paved with ivory and precious sparkling stone. And I have seven wives to call my own. An elephant for a poter. Cause he can pack a trunk And the tiger spur my footstool On my ever-loving throne Well, I will be the be The king of Zoogaloo-ga-doo The Rooga-doo-la-ha On my bungalow-ga-doo-ga-doo When the raga died across the mighty Naga died on the wrong ga dong ga dong raga dong ga dong ga When on the foga dong I'll take my sag-a-rag-a-dan Then I'll be the be Or the mighty die they mag dan Be the Zoogaloo-ga-doo-ga-doo-ga-doo and the king of the bungalow-ga-doo-ga-doo-ga-doo I will be the king of zoo You're listening to Centuries of Sound on Cambridge 105, and that was King of the Bungalows by Gene Green. Quite a, a standard kind of uh, Tim Panali song, but with a kind of a scat singing as part of it, which uh, 
yeah, uh, not really expected for this I time. I like the title. King of the Bungalows. Yeah. He talks about a guy living in a bungalow later as part of it. So I think a bungalow is a bungalow. That's that's what I thought, yeah. Otherwise, it's just Lou in the bungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think of bungle from uh, Rainbow. I'm sure it's got nothing to okay. do with him. <laughs> do, do you know, did you ever watch Rainbow? No, no, okay. Um, anyway, there's a, a, a guy in a giant bear costume called Bungle. And, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, people have investigated how he was scat singing 15 years before scat singing was invented. Yeah. Um, some people say he picked it up from uh, Ben Harney, who is a songwriter, called himself the king of ragtime. Uh, but he didn't seem to invent many things. He was kind of a borrower. Mm. So it's presumably from some kind of uh, undocumented black culture okay. that we've we don't really know about so that's interesting isn't it mm-hmm. it just kind of swept swept into yeah everything's so well the documented music. these yeah. days you know kind of yeah. strange that whole kind of pots of music are just yeah creeping up from somewhere and we've got no record um let's hear a couple of uh, rags briefly um this is arthur Pryor's band um with can halibamo rag um arthur Pryor was a trombone virtuoso and a soloist with the Sousa's band <laughs> So that was 
Can Haliba Mo Rag uh, by Arthur Pryor's band, formerly of Sousa's band. You would uh, recognise that music from some of her earlier mixes, uh, uh, earlier shows. Um, not that song exactly, but that's the kind of music that's been going on for quite a while. Hmm. Um, that was nice. Yeah. That was nice. As someone from the public would say, I think they would like it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> it's um just doing my job. <laughs> it's just a, it's just about a rag, I would say. It's kind mm. of it's it's a brass band song that's got a kind of uh, counter melodies, counter harmonies that that's uh, the syncopation in parts that that makes it a rag. But you, it's it's a weird thing. The the, the thing I take away most from this era is that brass band music becomes jazz somehow. Mm-hmm. It gets these kind of influences coming into it, and it it kind of slowly turns into jazz. Um, instead of jazz kind of being suddenly born from somewhere, it's it's this weird mix of different influences, really. All right, let's uh, let's have one more one more example of ragtime because uh, this is the the end of the first phase of ragtime. I would say okay. we're going to move into the second phase in 1912, and uh, it's a song uh, that's got the word ragtime in it, much like Alexander's Ragtime Band, but it does have some kind of. Uh, <laughs> Ragtime elements for a change, yeah. Yeah, it at least has some ragtime elements. It's not just a novelty song, and it's a Morris Burkhart, a a jobbing singer at this time, with a ragtime violin. Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown had a violin. He went around, all around with his violin. Lordy, how he played it, swayed it, made it more so beautiful. Analyze, analyze, heard his violin. She rolled her eyes, rolled her eyes, and his violin. Lordy, how he loved her, turtles of her. When Anna would cry, speed up, speed up. On your violin, lay right on it, friend. Violin, come on and hurry up, hurry up, on your violin and make it sooner. 
Don't you stop to tune up, speed, speed, speed to the middle of your ex-time All right, our last pop song for today. That's a ragtime violin, Morris Burkhart, uh, a vaudeville entertainer. I think this is an interesting year, 1911, because uh, next year there's going to be kind of a, a, a kind of mini revolution in music. There's going to be this like uh, hot dance ragtime taking off, um, which is that kind of precursor to jazz. Um, so it's interesting to for me to. Because I'm I, I'm listening ahead to this. My my uh, mixes have got up to 1920 uh, at this point, and uh, I'm I'm listening a year ahead of that even. So 1930 is where I'm actually listening to. Um, so it's it's kind of a odd feeling to be coming back to this a bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, for that reason, because <laughs> it does sound like 50 years before, not 20 years before. You know. Mm. Um, I think we're quite lucky. Um, you know, living now in. Um almost, you know, 2020, that we can actually go back 100 years and see what was going on. Because mm-hmm. they were, like, in 1912 or 11, um, they were not able to look back, at the, you know, a century yeah. ago. I don't know. I mean, if, in terms of what you could hear, hmm. your yeah, last 10 years or so, that's kind of it. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting yeah. to think of. If you had recordings, that's how far it went back. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, I've got I've got a novelty, a weird novelty now. Okay. Um, this is a children's record. Uh, Tom McNaughton with orchestra. Okay. Um, I've tried to search for this guy's name, but there's apparently an artist uh, called oh no, a chef called Tom McNaughton, and uh, that's all I can find. Okay. Well, uh, so maybe he was a chef. Me, oh well, there's, there's, a, there's a chef who's like twenty years old. Okay. <laughs> no. So I don't think it's him. My scene is a woodland glade. In the center is a beautiful bubbling spring, surrounded by three trees. There, there, and there. Oftentimes in the early morn, a pretty little rabbit would run through the woodland glade to quench its pretty little thirst from the beautiful bubbling spring, surrounded by the three trees. There, there, and there. One morning, while the pretty little rabbit was busily engaged sucking up the aqua from the beautiful bubbling spring, surrounded by the three trees, there, there, and there, a hunter, roaming through the woodland blaze, espied the pretty little rabbit. Thus, the pretty little rabbit, having its mouth filled with water, did not hear the approach of the hunter, and therefore went on drinking from the beautiful bubbling spring, surrounded by the three trees. There, there, and there. The hunter, Raised his gun and fired, frightening the pretty little rabbit away from the beautiful bubbling spring, but leaving the three trees there, there, and there. So, 
That was amazing. <laughs> I'm up for it. I'm loving it. It was great. I think that's for kids. Yeah, but, but uh, still. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining Would you play the, it to your kids? Uh, no, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. My my kids have not displayed much of an interest in, yeah, <laughs> in the music of 1911 so far. Give them a few more years, perhaps. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I imagine that's who it was for. I'm just imagining the orchestra mm-hmm. or the, the small orchestra sitting there in the recording studio <laughs> forming it. Um, that was that was just sweet and lovely. Yeah, that was nice. A story about a ra- and the rabbit didn't die. The rabbit was just scared away. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, well, it's that's what it said. Such a relief to know. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I was concerned there was going to be a very sad ending there, but no, it's all no, right. No, no, it's, yeah. it's all good. The rabbit. No, no rabbits were harmed in the making of this radio programme. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's hear something a bit more civilised. Uh, or something a bit more... Uh, yeah, could you, could you please tell us uh, who this is? Um, Ignacy Jan Poderewski. Okay. Yes, he was Polish, as you can hear by, by my <laughs> exactly. accent, probably. Yeah. Okay, so um, who, who, who was, was um, Poderewski? So apart from being a musician, he was also a, a, a prime minister of Poland. Not at not at this point, though. No, of not then yet. No, that was later. Um, but um, he was a pianist, composer, politician, statesman, spokesman. You know, three months, and I think he was just anything, like wow. everything. He was just an the omnipresent modern man of yes. the 20th century. Definitely, definitely. Okay. Um, and uh, this is him playing piano, I believe. Is that Chopin? Uh, this is uh, Chopin's Nocturne in F. We're just turning Polish here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wh- where is Chopin from? Um, I'm not sure. Sounds uh, French. <laughs> I got Chopin, find. no, he's, he was Polish. Chopin is Polish yes. as well. Wow, okay, I don't know. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Wow, okay. Well, so. let's just play Paderewski and then we're going to talk about um, ah, okay. Chopin. Okay. There we go.
All right, so that was uh, Paderewski uh, with uh, Chopin's Nocturne in F. It's funny that when you ask me, because you said, when was Chopin born? Okay. And it's Zelazowa and everyone in Poland knows that. But it doesn't say, it doesn't tell anything to anyone. It was just like 30 kilometers from just out of Warsaw, which is the capital. Um, But it's just actually quite funny, because you asked me this, and I just wanted to shout it out. But then I was like, well, it's not going to mean anything to anyone but yes no that's definitely okay. Polish, yeah that's okay um yeah um and uh wh- wh- where's where is a uh, paderewski from is he uh, like polish as well but um it was then part again of the russian um no yeah n- yeah empire no sorry so he's from podolia that was part of polish lithuanian commonwealth right okay yes Okay. Um, so that's um, it's you've a bit complicated because Polish borders moved a lot, but yes, got, he's uh, definitely. You've got your your Prussia and your uh, Lithuania and your Russia at that point, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Bef- before First World War, I'm trying to picture what the mm-hmm. borders look like. Yeah, changed quite a lot, I'm sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, should we, we move on to a different part of the world? We've been to America and uh, Britain and uh, uh, a bit of Europe. Yes, just about, um, yeah. So let's uh, let's go across to uh, uh, Burma. Uh, this is uh, from, absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, from a compilation called "The Crying Princess: Seventy-Eight RPM Records from Burma," um, which is an excellent compilation of uh, very old uh, seventy-eight recordings, and uh, it's uh, it's by Po Sign and Ma Kim U. It's called Romantic Duet. I can tell you nothing more about it. Yeah, I mean, there were male and female vocals there, we can hear. Um, but yeah, they sounded like they were having an argument, if anything. I don't mm. know, maybe that's but just But sometimes how... it does sound like this in other languages. But yeah, um, it actually it might be very romantic. 
Yeah, some some languages just sound yes. harsh. Some other languages, so that's possibly the case. Yeah. Um. All right, another thing from just down the road. I'm not actually sure where this is from. This one. Um. It's from a from a compilation called uh, "Longing for the Past: The 78 RPM Era in Southeast Asia." So it's also from Southeast Asia, and uh, I'm I'm going to uh, I will attempt to say the title. It's called "Welcoming Mathane Nunt." And the performer, <laughs> shall I have a go? Well, yeah, go for it. But is it one performer or few? Because it's, it looks like... It's a like list of performers. list of performers, yeah. okay. Mingala ma thain nyunt, ma thain thin, ma thain thi a nigient, lei pie to lu bie ka, and ma thain ko. I think that was very good. Um, there, are, there are many different ethnic groups in Southeast Asia, and I wouldn't like to have a, an idea about who this is but the names do seem to be quite similar to the Burmese ones above so yes. perhaps this is yeah. also a Burmese record who knows yeah, yeah let's uh, have a go if you know please tell me uh, I just have this CD that doesn't actually tell me <laughs> something else from Burma there apparently uh, we've just found out we've checked yeah. it out uh, I'm not going to repeat the list of artists again but the the song is called Welcoming Ma Thain Nyunt so it looks like uh, something that you would play outside and, you know like welcoming someone in, yeah into I th- the village or and, um, community I think maybe it's part of um, uh, Chinese opera they have uh, the Chinese opera tradition where it's kind of a, a play where they have uh, it's mostly music with some singing it does seem like it could be part of that mm, I could imagine that yeah uh, possibly yes um, alright let's uh, one one more thing perhaps before we uh, wrap up let's, let's have a listen to uh, this is S. Koish it's a doina uh, are you familiar with the word doina um, rings the bell because okay. in Polish we have dolina which is like a Bali. Um so I just thought of this because I know it's ah. um well it's a it's it a Romanian, Romanian yeah. musical style mm. um yeah um from Romanian peasant music originally but um mm. this is this is an early klezmer recording uh klezmer the folk music of uh mm-hmm. like Romania Bulgaria kind of Hungary uh, that area and you know the gypsies and Jewish communities originally um, it's kind of uh, connected to them uh, it's got a very uh, distinctive style but it, it kind of goes back to those communities and um, those, 
Those who did not go to the United States. Those who did not go there. Yeah, yeah exactly. By the look of it. Okay. Let's All right. Um, so this this is an example of a doina. Part two by S. Kosh, an early Klezmer recording. Um, since been having a look, and uh, uh, Wikipedia says that Klezmer is a Jewish musical tradition. Um, so I'll have to. Uh, well, quite a lot that. of uh, quite a few Jewish influences here. Yeah, we've had lots of uh, Eastern European Jewish influences coming through. Yes. Um, ones who the people who emigrated to America. Just and those who stayed. <laughs> and those who stayed as well. Um, we have, I mean, previously I've included lots of uh, Russian records. There's a website called Russian Records. But um, 1911 is the year I gave up on uh, um, uh, trawling the internet, drift drift net trawling for every recording. <laughs> um, when, I, when I was first doing this, I was uh, I got people to write scripts for me. There's websites that that archive cylinders and uh, I got a huge amount of cylinders and uh, it, 19, 1910 was the year I realised I had uh, nearly 4,000 recordings to listen to wow. and I couldn't do it in a month well um, it was it was not possible so I, I started re- relying on lists of music and things like that instead which I can't get the spread mm-hmm. that I used to get but 
it's uh, a lot less stressful. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> and uh, you probably sleep a bit more now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to be honest, 50% of those recordings were rubbish hmm. uh, opera recordings. I mean, I'm not against opera, but I'm against rubbish, badly recorded uh, opera recordings because um, there, there are so many. <laughs> you don't know. Amazing amounts. <laughs> On Cambridge 105 Radio. You've been listening to Centuries of Sound on Cambridge 105 Radio. I've been James Errington. If you are interested in what you've heard, we'll be back in four weeks' time. Or you can uh, have a look at my website, which is at centuriesofsound.com, where I'm making mixes for every year from uh, 1853 to the present day. And uh, my uh, mix for 2018 should be up by now. And uh, mixes for everything from uh, 1853 to 1920 as well. Um, and uh, if you want to contact me I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter Instagram or you can email me at uh, james at centuriesofsound.com if you uh, have any suggestions or things you'd like to uh, uh, add to the to the show and uh, where, where can we hear from you? Um, so Polish Waves is uh, on air every Sunday from 5pm and what you might have missed is on Tuesdays from 6 to 7pm. Okay, great. So have a I'll try to, to include some of the lovely tracks that you've been working on and um, definitely maybe wow. going to look back a bit more rather than the only, like, let's say, 30 years. So yes, thank you for the inspiration. Oh, brilliant. So I think, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of things that have been lost from popular culture i feel like people stop even 1960s seem to be fading a bit now mm-hmm. i would say 50s seem to have gone even. Yes, we don't really hear I 50s agree. music mm-hmm. even anymore um, which is a shame because some of the best years of popular music i'd say 1928 is okay. a brilliant year yeah i'd say 1928 maybe is the, one of the best years ever for music is that on your website already no, not have to yet. wait until the so middle of next year, I'm afraid. I will wait <laughs> patiently. Yeah, that's, that's quite a way off, I'm afraid, unfortunately. Uh, well, six months or so anyway, not that long. Um, all right, so thanks very much for, for listening and f- thanks very much for joining me Thank today. Thank you for inviting me. That was lovely. And uh, we'll just play you out with uh, something from Agustin, Bar- uh, Agustin Barrios. is a Paraguayan virtuoso classical guitarist and composer. And uh, this one's called Milonga. Do you speak Spanish at all? I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, do you know, what does milonga mean? I don't know. It it um <laughs> it is. I think there was a tango that was like the type of tango was milonga, but I'm not ah. an expert. I just kind of remember. I think he had that. the influence on the development of the tango. Yes. So, so maybe yeah, that, that is. Well it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't ring any bells for me as far as like oh it means a chair. It doesn't. Um, I just. I don't know, maybe it's just the proper name. Okay, anyway, so, so here's, here's uh, Agustin Morris then with that. Uh, okay. Good night. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you.